You're listening to episode number 356 of the 360 Vegas podcast. Check out the blog at 360vegaspodcast.com or send us an email at 360vegaspodcast at gmail.com. You can support the show financially when you shop at Amazon and Vegas.com. Simply go to the blog, click on the corresponding banner, and go about your shopping. It's that easy to give us money without giving us money. Also, get early and sometimes exclusive access to all things 360 Vegas with a $7 per month subscription to Patreon. That's patreon.com slash 360vegas. Day after tomorrow, gentlemen, we'll be in Las Vegas. Welcome to Vegas. Las Vegas functions on a -a 24-hour-a-day schedule. The casino. Big volcano out in front. That's the Eiffel Tower. Bellagio. Riviera. The Mirage. Flamingo. Sahara. The MGM Grand. This isn't the real Caesars Palace, is it? I want to gamble. They always put the machines that pay off the most right in the front. Good luck. The Strip is just the most amazing stretch of road, I think, probably anywhere in the world. Kicking ass in Vegas. Vegas, baby. Vegas, baby. Welcome to Las Vegas. We did get at least one person that said they checked out Twit Pick of the Week because you disagreed with it. <laughs> I told you. And we're like, I'm interested in going, okay, now wait, who do I agree with more? Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't know about manufactured uh, disagreements. To I don't think it's manufactured. <laughs> we, we don't have the, t- the time or the energy to do that. If we agree, I mean, we've done it before. We're like, yeah, I got nothing. Yeah. If we don't, we're like, yeah, no, no, don't agree with you on that one. Well, there you go. Well, I mean, hey, listen, that's that's super cool. That And did the individual who say who said that they went and checked it out because of our disagreement? <laughs> did they give an opinion one way or the other? Uh, no, just that they thought it was funny that you inquired whether someone would be looking while they were looking. <laughs> so as Tony, someone as you said, looking as you said, were. Tony, you know, I wonder if somebody would be looking at this because he was actually looking at it. Hmm. So it's, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know how else to explain that. Basically, what you were pondering when you yeah. were pondering the question, he was yeah. doing exactly what you were pondering. You were you were wondering. I wonder if anybody would look at this just because we're disagreeing. And at the moment okay, that okay, you okay. said that, <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> how many cocktails <laughs> in are you uh, today, know, right? Tony? That's that kind of feels like when you're staring into two mirrors that are like you know, <laughs> <laughs> like wait a minute. All right, all right. Let's start the show. He's Mark. She's Karen. I'm Tony. And as always, we start with random Vegas. Visitation to Las Vegas was down 55% in 2020, or 19 million people. The pandemic impacted gambling revenue down by only 34.6% compared to 2019. So, so we got that from Vital Vegas. All the people that weren't coming are not the heavy-duty gamblers. The heavy-duty gamblers still right. made it. Yeah, here. they still had to. They still had to come. <laughs> Which doesn't surprise me. I mean, I think we've seen on Twitter and, and particularly from Scott in particular that these numbers seem to support that, that the folks that, yes, they are down, particularly from a from a visitor standpoint, but they're not down a one to one ratio of people to dollars spent. It's the right. people that are showing up are still showing up with, you know, a, perhaps a larger wad of cash to gamble. Right. And I love it. That's awesome. That that. I have no complaints about that at all. That is super cool. <laughs> a matter of fact, I'd make an argument. I might as well just rip the Band-Aid off. I spent uh, last week with you good folks. That's I'm I'm part and parcel of the reason why you, there was no podcast last night because we were all, hang- or excuse me, last week because we were all hanging out together. <laughs> uh, if I had one perhaps uh, frustrating observation to make, it was the number of video poker bars that were closed Monday through and including Thursday, video poker bars, particularly Bally's, um, is where we stayed. The lobby bar was closed. That still Monday. amazes me. It, it does. It, well, and listeners, and I'm super disappointed to say that the delicious Bally's Old Fashioned at all uh, are gone. So if you knew or were familiar with those drinks on that nice 
pleather bound uh, <laughs> menu that they would hand you, uh, those drinks are gone now. And not only are they gone, they have really cut back on what they're willing to comp. For example, they will not even comp Tito's vodka. Which I don't understand. I mean, I, I get I, I get why they're not comping things from from the standpoint of like, listen, this is free booze. Like, how are you going to get? But get, Tito's isn't inexpensive. I mean, you can buy I, a gallon of Tito's for twenty five bucks. They they've got an even greater deal on some other uh, on an even shittier vodka, right? Right, right or not even a shitty vodka, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, yeah. So, uh, the, but then you did the learn, Tony, that, that all you have to do is go across the street to Cromwell and they'll comp Cromwell, you, uh, which is just a lot. Awesome. I mean, it's wild, but that's awesome. Uh, I can't believe you merely go across the street. The exact same casino owned by the same corporation will, will comp one at one place and not the other. So uh, a little bit of uh, inside knowledge for you. 360 Vegas listeners. Well, uh, and you want makers, Mark comped head on across the street to, uh, uh, Cromwell because because Mark and I couldn't even get uh, Jim Beam comped when we said we wanted to wanted a Jim Beam neat they go we don't we just we just give whiskey <laughs> oh super I can't even imagine what that is <laughs> it's like wait a minute that's a pretty broad descriptor there yeah yeah okay uh, next up is the twit pick of the week the Monte Carlo is an interesting <laughs> the Monte Carlo is an interesting story. It's an example of a company lost and looking for an identity, unhappy with the one they've already established. It all started with the addition of Diablos, evolving into the reimagining of the frontage and eventually evolving into the rebranding of Park MGM. Yeah, the problem is the Vegas market has something for everyone, and when you take one of those options away, something has to replace it. In this case, the needle not only did not recast Monte Carlo's lot in the market, it degraded it. Taking a property that pulled in $80 million a year and reducing it to $62 million a year after spending $550 million to rebrand it. Park MGM isn't going anywhere, but MGM Resorts didn't intend for their new brand to be a discount option for visitors. Thanks to at loss underscore when for reminding us of a better time. I miss the way the Monte Carlo used to look. I miss that. That frontage was, was so pretty. Yeah. And I do remember when they first put Diablos on it, you're like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. I mean, I like when they, when they did the, the, when they redid it and they had like the ice cream shop in there and, and Roadhouse. Oh, the boozy ice cream shop? Yeah. That was good. I even liked the renovation that they did with that, but it's, I don't know, this Park MGM, I don't know, going through an Italian market isn't my idea of fun to get to a casino. No, especially not one that is so crammed it doesn't have any place to walk. Right. I have no opinion other than to say that the they are the epitome of of de-theming. It was really a beautiful view in, in this particular pick. I understand why it was the winner when you because I'll be the, I also have to I'm going to with one hand I giveth and with one hand I taketh away. <laughs> you know, the outside of Monte Carlo for me personally was always far more beautiful than the inside of Monte Carlo. I was never impressed by the interior of that casino. The outside was what drew me in. And then I went inside and I'm like, oh, this is where they spent all their money was, you know, the outside to make to, to bring me in. Right. So I don't miss, you know, from the from the MGM or excuse me, from the Monte Carlo to the Park MGM interior facade. I have no real opinion one way or the other. I truly do miss that exterior. It was it was in this picture highlights how beautiful it was. Right. It, dr- it draws you inside. Yeah. As always, we will link to the photo on our blog featured on all of our social media outlets, such as Flickr, Pinterest, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Let's get into the news. This one, this is this is excellent. This is truly very cool. 360 Vegas Vacation 10 updates to give. You asked for it, so you're getting it. We're changing our plans for Tuesday to include a second 360 Vegas Cocktails event. That event will be held at noon on Tuesday. Space is limited again. First come, first serve. Those that requested to be put on the waiting list for the second Cocktails event need to RSVP their spot at Eventbrite. The cost is $65 per person. 
to accommodate this, we had to rearrange our Tuesday itinerary a little bit. Bruxy is still going to be at 2, but cigars have been moved to 4 p.m. at Whiskey Down at MGM, and then we're going to have group gaming at 6 p.m. at Park MGM, New York, New York, Excalibur area. I have a few thoughts. Uh, thought number <laughs> one, I'm incredibly excited at, at uh, just how, well, excited other folks are about this idea of doing a, a cocktail event. Uh, I know I've said it before. I'm, I'm simply teasing more out of it. Uh, four drinks. Uh, they're all different. Uh, two of which you can uh, two probably maybe even three of which you'll be able to get in Las Vegas proper. Um, they're, they're delicious drinks. I know they're, they are winners because here's the deal. My wife's not much of a cocktailian, but uh, we'll, when she finds a cocktail that even she says, oh, damn, that's good, you know it's <laughs> it's a winner. So, And all four of uh, these have her stamp of approval? Um, yes, I do believe they do. Actually, yes, <laughs> okay. I do believe they do. Um, what else did I want to say? So thank you for everybody that um, is, is signing up, but sincerely, first come, first service to be um, heated because we can't do, we just literally can't do another one. The reason we're doing a second one is because so many people reached out to Mark and I privately and said, I missed it. I really want to go. What can you do? So this is what we're going to do. One other thing, uh, Karen and my wife and I got to check out that uh, Whiskey Down at MGM Grand. I think that's going to be a super cool place to be able to get together and have um, some cigars. That Hopefully it'll be, it'll be place. super cool by the time we're there in June. <laughs> it was a little... Right. Yeah. Well, they, had, they also had a gaming table set up in it for an event, so it wasn't quite the whole lounge thing. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, it is a cool space and the display if I remember correctly of um, whiskeys and stuff on the walls were were very pretty to look at but um, yeah yeah they've got some really good uh, like listeners think you know dark wood uh, heavy sort of uh, heavy drapes that are that are kind of neutral in color browns and beiges and and things like that it's just it's a beautiful space and you're right Karen they did have tables for a for a tournament once those tables are gone and my mind's eye pictures you know overstuffed leather leather couches, couches that's exactly what I was thinking yeah yep <laughs> I think it's going to be a super cool place so I'm, I'm really excited about that so all, all that being said gang uh, I know you all are itching to get out to Vegas so get your vaccine get out to Vegas come hang with us it's going to be a damn good time <laughs> Battleborn pins are Disney quality enamel pins of vintage Vegas icons the ever expanding collection includes this week's featured pin the Riviera all can agree the beloved property had seen better days they were banking on new developments in the area to help improve business. Instead, the Las Vegas Convention and Visitors Authority, for the second time in history, purchased a Vegas hotel casino and imploded it to make way for a parking lot. The landmark was the other. Both plots of land are now under development for an LVCVA expansion. The Riviera's implosion cost the Strip another visual icon in the cylindrical tower signage captured by Battleborn pins as only they can. This Battleborn pin will only cost you $10, but 360 Vegas listeners can drop that price another 20% when they use the promo code 360. Just go to battleborn.shop or go to our blog, 360vegaspodcast.com, and click on the banner ad for Battleborn pins. Speaking of the vaccines and whatnot, uh, there have been some COVID restrictions being relaxed. After nearly three months of 25% capacity restriction, Nevada Governor Sisolak announced restaurants and bars can increase their capacity to 35% or 100 people, whichever is less, on February 15th. Additionally, if infections continue to decline, bars and restaurants can expand to 50% capacity or 250 people, whichever is less, on March 15th. Adult entertainment... Day and nightclubs and brothels must remain closed until at least March 1st or until May 1st, at which time the authority to expand openings will be turned over to the counties, again, assuming that the infection rate continues to decline. In January, the state moved hospitality and food service workers to the head of the vaccination line in preparation for these moves. The excitement was almost palpable. <laughs> MGM Resorts later announced a few days after, later announced a few days later, 
<laughs> that effective March third. They were so excited. They just they they stumbled over their words. <laughs> they were so excited. <laughs> uh, effective March third, Mandalay Bay Park MGM and Mirage will return to twenty four seven operation. A return to uh, of shows at the at several MGM properties was also announced, including Carrot Top and David Copperfield. And lastly, NASCAR, which is March fifth through the seventh. That event was approved to have limited spectators. That one amazed me when I heard that. But I mean, considering, I'll, I'll be interested to see the number of people that they let in because those grandstands are massive and they usually have people in the infield, which I'm guessing they're not going to. So it'll just be interesting to see, you know, how many folks I actually do have out there. Yeah. But it's starting to come back. I know. It's exciting. It well, and you know, it's it, one. And I'm I, truly. I'm, I, this is not a political statement. It is, it is purely an observation that may have a, a, an ever so slight political undertone to it. It's interesting to see how quickly these casino operators are moving once the governor starts to relax the restrictions. And I only say this from the standpoint of number one. It leads me to believe that the demand is there, and and these casino operators have put pen to paper and they know that they can support these this expansion of of shows and 24-hour operations um but but you got to admit it kind of sort of forces the hand of the governor to not go back to restrictions now i know i know he's he's lessened and then restricted again so i know it it can be done yeah, and he, he will has. do it but when you start to see these major moves by the casino operators uh, to to start opening things back up because of the restrictions being relaxed, um, you know it's, it's, it's just an interest, excuse me an interesting juxtaposition between what the the government is doing and what the and what the, the the operators are doing kind of against it, or to say, hey, listen. Here's a good reason why to continue the relaxation. Look at the demand. It's it's there. We'll get the people here. You just got to let us welcome them in. So yeah. like right. I said, not, yeah. a, not a political statement, just more a, just a, more of an observation. Well, and, and it's going to be dependent on, obviously, the numbers too, right? And quite frankly, the numbers um, in Nevada and in Clark County have continued to go down. And we've had some of the lowest numbers we've had since September. So... Um, you know, we're heading in the right direction. And as long as that continues now, what's interesting is I haven't heard a lot of discussion as to why the numbers are so low, but uh, that's a whole nother side of the story. So no, just knowing that the, I mean, cause if you think about it, March 15th to go to 50% capacity is not that far away. No, it's not. So no, it's not pretty excited about and it. If the numbers continue, particularly if the con numbers continue in this downward trend, like they are as you're expanding, uh, the, you know, the allocation or the allotment of people, it's only going to help, uh, bolster the belief that yes, indeed we can continue to, to keep these numbers at a minimum, just keep the numbers at what are they at right now? 50%, 35%. Well, they just went to 35. Yeah. 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 So anyway, uh, Ooh, uh, tonight's cocktail, the last word, uh, as made by the bartenders at Chandelier Bar, uh, also <laughs> may have known about a cosmopolitan fire that happened this week. I was wondering where the hell he was going with it. <laughs> it took me a minute until I realized it was, oh yeah, it was a Cosmo cocktail. Okay. <laughs> Fox 5 reported that Cosmopolitan had a fire on the 51st floor balcony last week. The fire was ruled to be an accident caused by a candle in the room that caught the curtains on fire. It was quickly extinguished, and smoke did not spread to upper or lower floor, floors. No word how much the how much it will cost to repair the damage. No major injuries were reported. Where so, the hell did they get a candle in Cosmo? It's got it. Got to be uh, so much for consequence-free sex. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, uh, um, why else would you have a can? Uh, why else would you have a, a candle in the room? <laughs> But fuck you! I mean, you dumbasses. Who puts a candle that uh, anywhere, anywhere that close could possibly yeah. start a fire, let alone close right. to curtains? I mean, I guess this is what scares me about uh, being in these high-rise casinos where on the 51st floor, you know, there's a fire because it's going to be some dumbass. It's not going to be bad electrical wiring. Right. It's going to be some 
dumb fuck like this yeah. who puts fire way too close to literally something anything. flammable. Yeah, exactly. Oh, just fuck. I hate stupid people. So for that reason, I hope these assholes are on the hook financially for whatever. I mean, it, I get it. I get it. The insurance is going to pay for it. But I'd love to see the insurance company sue these dumb fucks for, <laughs> you know, for the for the damage. That this one fired Tony up. He said fuck like four times in the last be, two minutes. Because that. Because this is so reckless. I mean, this is this is reckless from, um, just it's 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 negligence is what it is, mm-hmm. and it's it's extremely dangerous negligence. And frankly, you know, we're lucky that probably most of the stuff in these casinos are flame retardant to begin with, because of idiots like this. <laughs> yeah, or dropping their cigarettes and right. whatever else. This yeah, just enrages me. Just enrages me. This doesn't. This is how people die, and it doesn't have to happen. No. So. Plus, also, I've got the last word, as made by the uh, chandelier bar at Cosmo, flowing through my veins, <laughs> like the fish in and, the sea. And I think it's fair we give you the last word on that little segment. Oh, well played, Karen. <laughs> well played. Let's get into prop bets. For those of you unfamiliar, prop bets is an extension of the news, but with just bits and pieces of noteworthy items. First up, at Las Vegas Locally reports that Clark County Commission voted unanimously to rename McCarran Airport after Senator Harry Reid. The cost to change will be covered by contributions, meaning there will not be any tax dollars expended. This is... Stupid. I have thoughts on this, friends. Stupid. I have thoughts on this. Oh, yeah. Pretty much everybody does. But you go ahead. You go first. It seems to me in this political climate that we're in right now, where everything is hyper-partisan, that the last thing you would want to do is pick a, 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 a political figure to, if you're going to change the name of your, your of your airport from a political figure, you, you should change it to a non-political figure. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand, I mean, listen, I, I guess... Senator Harry Reid was a was the Senate Majority Leader for a long, long time when the Democrats had control of the United States Senate. I get these from the United uh, from from Nevada. I know that he's got a long history, like with the Gaming uh, Board C- Commission, whatnot. This, to me, in the in the political, highly partisan political realm that we live in these days, it just seems like a bad idea to switch up from a political person to another political person. I I can't believe they didn't just call it. Las Vegas International. Exactly. Or, or I saw, I think it was our buddy um, Faces and Aces, I do believe. And I apologize if I'm if I'm miscrediting him. Uh, somebody said, why not name it after the uh, the woman that made up the Welcome to Las Vegas song? Yeah, Betty Wallace. Yeah, Betty yeah, Wallace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. it just, this seems like a really poor and missed opportunity. It's, in my it's, it's awful. I mean, in every... I, there's been no poll done that any resident thinks this is a good idea. Though, I mean, the overwhelming winner, like people think, yes, Las Vegas International Airport advertises the city. Why do, if you're going to change it from McCarran, and for exactly the reasons that you said, you know, they're changing the name from McCarran because he apparently had, you know, racial ties or tendencies or opinions or whatever. So that's part of the reason why they're changing it, regardless of the fact that he was the one that brought the airport to Las Vegas, which is why they named it after him. Um, do you really think in 20 years there's not going to be some kind of skeleton dug up about Harry Reid? I mean, he's already not a popular person to begin with, just in general, um, regardless of his tenure and, and service and all of that kind of fun stuff. But in 20 years, you don't think you're going to dig some other skeleton out of the closet and you're just going to be renaming it again? Yeah. It, it's, it's insane. It's absolutely insane. And of course, when they say it's going to be funded by private donations, I'm like, oh, I wonder who donated it. Maybe Harry Reid, because <laughs> right. he wants a name, an airport named after him. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's stupid. Next up, the Rock and Roll Marathon will return to Vegas February 26th through 27th in 2022. The change from November to February was done to avoid conflicts with the Las Vegas Raiders and the Golden Knights games. Also, important to note, it will no longer feature a full 26.2-mile run. So, therefore, it cannot no longer be called the Rock and Roll Marathon. Well, I think they're still going to call it that. No, they're calling it like a rock and run something. They're not calling it a... A marathon, but I haven't. I, I saw some. I was looking for it before I read the notes, and I because I, I read something about it the other day. But 
Yeah, if, it, if they bill it a marathon, it's false advertising. Hmm. <laughs> Listen, I'll tell you what. If they bill it as a marathon, but it's only like a 5K, I will run that because I want an actual <laughs> marathon ban. <laughs> <laughs> well, no I mean, needs to know. and they do. They, they So historically, they've run a marathon, a half, a 10K, and a 5K, I think. Okay. Um, and they're still doing the half, the 10K, and the 5K. They're just saying that, you know, for our, our full marathoners, we haven't, we really can't create a good experience for the whole 26 and a half miles. And I'm like, this is Las Vegas. If you can't find somewhere interesting to run, you're not looking hard enough. Like, it's just because, you know, they used to wind them back and around Industrial Drive and some other maybe not so nice areas and... Yeah, our, our dear friend raising Las Vegas, who is an avid marathoner, was not very happy about this. I bet. Mm. I bet. The largest privately held company in the U.S., Coke Real Estate, has acquired the Fountain Blue from the Whitcoff Group with plans to finish the project. The only progress the building has seen since 2009 is the name change to the Drew, which I won't refer to it as such because that's... Well, you didn't do anything to it. No, and so the the original folks that were building Fontainebleau mm. is invested in this project with Coke. <laughs> so oh. that Fontainebleau name is going to come back. I have a feeling. So let me okay, let me ask you guys since your boots on the ground, any likelihood that this has more of a chance of being successful than say the previous owners? Uh, I'm not optimistic. <laughs> I I you know, um I think it was Vital Vegas today reported uh, that there were boots on the ground, you know, inspecting or trades inspecting the building today, which is encouraging. But all that is is inspecting prior to the sale. So I don't it's been sitting there for more than 11 years. I mean, I can't imagine they can salvage much because it's been exposed to the elements and everything for so long. I, I just. I, I, I would love for it to. I would I want something to happen to it, whether they're going to knock it down so it's not an eyesore just sitting there anymore or actually do something and develop it. I would love for that to happen, but yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Even if they just took, you know, maybe knock half of it down, put a little money into the bottom half so they don't have to start from scratch or shit. Maybe it's just cheaper to knock the whole thing down and start from the ground up. I don't know, but you know, maybe pare down what the initial plan was. I don't know, just something, anything there to help kind of spur some, some, something, you know, from when northward. Well, and I think if you're, you'd have to look at, I think from when do you think conventions are going to be back in, in full force? Because with the new convention center expansion, they've got the space to host these massive things. And this would be a much more convenient hotel property to stay at than some of the others. And so if you try to marry it up with that, when you think it's going to happen, you know, maybe that's your, your source for demand, Mm -hmm. but you know, that's a, that's a big, you know, risk and gamble to try to figure out right now. Mm -hmm. I don't disagree. Virgin hotels has moved their grand reopening date. Once again, this time when they threw the dart at the wall, they hit (laughs) Thursday, March 25th. Which I think I've already heard that that might not happen. It might get pushed back to like right before Memorial Day. Oh, yeah. But okay. we'll see. For those of you who enjoyed Dr. Day's most recent book, At the Sands, a new playlist has been created on Spotify featuring songs from the era. A link to that can be found on the blog. Tony, I would recommend you check this out. This is right in your wheelhouse. Buddy, I I was squealing like a 13-year-old girl at a Bieber concert or a 43-year-old man at a Bieber concert. No, I kid, I kid. Uh, the, I, I did. I immediately clicked on it. I immediately... So for whatever reason, it didn't want to pull up on the website for me when I tried it, but it, there is within that... So, so click on Mark's link. It'll take you to Dr. Dave's page. For me, I couldn't get it to play within that Dr. Dave website, but it did say you can click here to go to Spotify, in which case it then takes me to the Spotify website and pulled it up. And I just sat and I listened to it. I was doing some work uh, because, again, listeners, I get this, you know, in the middle of the day, the, the script. So 
I'm reading like I'm literally reading through the script. I've got Dr. Dave's uh, Spotify playlist running in the background. It was all sorts of amazing. But this is this. You're right, Mark. This was absolutely right up my alley. This was a uh, this was like a needle across a record scenario when I'm reading through because, you know, I'm just like I'm reading the little notes and I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden I come up to this one and was like, what? <laughs> it, was, it, it is it is absolutely worth it. And it's like 42 hours worth Holy of music. Cow. Yeah, he did a ton. 42 wow. hours and I, I'm somewhat ruining it so I apologize but uh, according to his website he had um, he picked people who had played at the Sands nice. so there's lots of Rat Pack music there's uh, uh, Danny Kay music there's just across the board it's just it is it is a really great channel and I only got like an hour into this 42 hour playlist so it will take you days and days and frankly, maybe even weeks and months, depending on how, you know, how you much listen. you can listen to it at any one time before you're ever going to have to repeat it. So totally cool. <laughs> oh, but hey, that's me. Oh, no, it's not. Moonshot.com is the place where you can get your favorite vintage Vegas shirts. Incredibly comfortable to wear. Available in male and female cuts. Multiple colors and sizes. Reasonably priced and cool as hell. Options include this week's feature property, the Sundance. It's safe to assume that many of you aren't familiar with the Sundance, at least not by that name. It only existed as such for seven years, 1980 to 1987. You most likely know it by its other incarnations, Fitzgerald's, which it was known from 1987 until 2012 when it became known what it is today, the D. More than just another hotel casino in Las Vegas, the Sundance significance in history is that it was the last hotel casino Mo Dalitz ran. It's also the last casino on Fremont Street built from the ground up up until its current owners decided to build Circa. This and dozens of other vintage shirts are available at moonshot.com starting at $27. Use the promo code 360Vegas, no spaces, and save an additional 15% off your order. Just go to moonshot.com, that's M-0-0-N-S-H-O-T, or go to the blog 360vegaspodcast.com and click on the banner ad for moonshot.com. Vital Vegas reports that Mandalay Bay Event Center has been renamed Michelob Ultra Arena. Financial details for the naming rights were not disclosed. This is awful. Michelob Ultra Arena. And I like Michelob Ultra, but it shouldn't have its own arena. Uh, listen, I'm not too. I am not too proud to admit. Uh, I should probably be more ashamed of this than I am. But I am a big fan of Coors Light. Try as I might, I just can't get into Miller Light. I, I, I and I appreciate it. I get it. Everyone's gonna twi- tweet me. Oh, you're drinking piss water. You're drinking. You're drinking lower hey, than piss. At water. At least you don't like Budweiser. Then that. Then we'd have to uh, sit down and have an intervention. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Start. Uh, even <laughs> judging I, people's beers. <laughs> I don't support the Michelob Ultra Arena. Like, I wouldn't support a Coors Light Arena. Right. So, I, I get where you're coming from, Karen. You can like it. Doesn't mean the arena should be named after it. Exactly. Life in Las Vegas reports that Oyo, the property formerly known as Hooters, has upgraded their marquee signage. Yeah, it's just your basic rectangle, but when it used to be an owl. <laughs> no. Oh, they got rid of the Hooters thing yeah. finally. Three strip clubs, Larry Flint's Hustler Club, Minks, and Spearmint Rhino, had their business licenses licenses suspended last week for COVID protocol violations, including topless dancing and a lack of social distancing. All three clubs have since reopened. <laughs> I, I read that with with dripping sarcasm. It was kind of like, yeah, duh. They were topless. At well, that's, a topless I, club? I tried. Did I not get enough sarcasm no, you got in my it. voice? You did okay, good. I was trying to. I, I guess that that was where you were going with yeah. it. So, not exactly showing they know how to run Caesar's properties better than the previous owners. Vital Vegas revealed that resort fees at Paris and Planet Hollywood will be increased to thirty-nine per night, and Cromwell increased to forty-five a night starting March second. This coming shortly after it was revealed that the standard pour at Link has been reduced to 0.75 ounces. Are they, El Dorado. Are they just seriously trying to push people away? I don't. I, I don't get it. Mm. I, don't, I just I don't understand it, and it's frustrating. 
Well, I mean, and, and for that reason, it, well, go it, ahead, Mark. Well, uh, probably where you were going with it, it, all it does to me is go, well, I guess I can't stay at those places. Right. Right. Unfortunately, I, my fear is, is this is, you know, this is one thing begets the next, which begets the next. So MGM Grand Note or MGM Corporation, no doubt, is going to see that there's a couple more. And they're going to say, well, gosh, our and I'm making this up on the fly, our Excalibur or Luxor or Park MGM is only at thirty five dollars a night. We could probably afford then to uh, to push it up to forty one dollars. Right. So all of a sudden they see what oh, yeah. Caesars is doing or Eldorado is doing. And they try to match it or worse off, beat it by an extra buck. Yeah, it's, it's disappointing. It is disappointing. Well, and in particular, again, after, you know, we discussed it on the last podcast and Mark brings it up again. 0.75, three quarters of an ounce of booze in your drinks. Yep. Is, even if you pay for them. Even if you pay for it. I just I just can't wrap my head around that. That is OK. Yeah. I'll move on. Originally reported by Vital Vegas, Klepto writer for the RJ, better RJ, better known as Johnny Katz, confirmed that Celine Dion will return to performing in Vegas as early as the fourth quarter of 2022. So we we got a while here, but fourth quarter of <laughs> right. 2022 uh, at Resorts World in a theater built just for her. The building of a theater to attract her into a residency is similar to how she began her residency at Caesar's Palace and the building of the Coliseum. I think this also just goes to show that, number one, she loves performing. She misses it. And number two, she likes Vegas. Yeah. So, of course, then somebody says, hey, we'll build you something brand new. Brand spanking new. Right. And yeah. she was like, oh, okay. You can do that. Why yeah. wouldn't she? Right? Why, I mean... What a what a huge like ego boost that has to be. So the Coliseum is there because of you, right. and now this particular uh, uh, performing theater. Res- yeah. theater is going to be built at a brand new hotel casino resort because of you. I mean, it's just what a huge ego boost that has to be. I, I don't think her ego had too much higher to boost, but no, probably, not. <laughs> probably. Not. The family of Tony Shea informed Clark County District Court of plans to sell off more than 90 properties owned by the late Zappos founder and CEO. Tony Shea died of injuries caused from a house fire in November of 2020 and left no will behind to manage his massive empire. I'm concerned about this. I'm very concerned about this. The idea of getting these, these individual owners or getting somebody who who wasn't kind of just guiding this this evolution of Fremont East. Like, I'm, I'm concerned if... So... Yeah, and I think if you think about it, Tony Shea was buying up undesirable properties and investing in them to turn them around. I mean, up for sale is Container Park and is Gold Spike and right. is actually the Zappos headquarters. Right. Now, it's not going to affect the Zappos headquarters because they've got a long-term lease, so they're not going anywhere. But um, it also, you know, and I think, um, what's the what's the other... Motel that they've renovated. Ferguson. Ferguson's down there. So I think all of these that he bought up that were distressed that he's put money into, we don't know what their financial arrangements look like. Did he, you know, give these people a sweetheart of a deal on a lease to come in to try to rejuvenate the area? And when those leases are up, what are the new owners going to do? And then for the ones that he hasn't developed yet, What's going to happen with those? Who's who is who has got the vision to do what he did? Now, I, I did see someone that took a, a spin on it and said, "Look, he was a real estate speculator. He he bought up all these shitty properties with the hopes that he could create a higher demand for them and get a profit off of them later." That's one way to look at it. Yeah. But I just I'm concerned that the momentum that he had rolling, I don't know. And I'm sure there's there's others when they look at what Las Vegas is now that sees the potential. I have to have that hope and that belief. Right. But Tony Shea also had the resources to do it. Right. And not many people had the resources that he had. I mean, so, yeah, exactly. Many tried before and didn't accomplish right, it. Right. So that that's why I'm I'm worried about it. I hope I'm wrong. As as with anything oh, yeah. that I'm that I'm glum about when it comes to Vegas. I hope I'm wrong. Absolutely. And especially, like I said, the properties that have already been developed, there's so much happening, you know, down and around Fremont, you know, east and and even further and spreading out into the surrounding neighborhood that, uh, you know, I would just hate to see that slow down and not happen because you've got 
new landowners that come in and all of a sudden are treating it like, yeah. you know, anyway. Well said. But Vegas reports that Kirk Kikorian's bust on display at the Legacy Club at Circa was temporarily stolen by a drunk patron. Eventually, the bust was recovered and returned to its rightful place, but this is the second time a public display piece was temporarily stolen. In 2015, the Blarney Stone at the D suffered a set of same circum- or similar circumstances. The, all right, I have to just say, did you see Derek Stevens' video that he posted where he was kind of doing the reveal of the bust being gone? No. Oh, my God. It was no. hilarious. It was, I'll have to, you have to go back and see if you could find it. So he posted it on Twitter and he's showing all the bus and he's like, oh, look at these people and look at that. And then he zooms in on the empty spot oh. where Kurt Kerkorian was. Oh, and he's like, wow. who does that? And then, <laughs> you know, then it turns out they had it. And so it was sort of the ceremonial, you know, put it back in place. Back. But it was just, it was just hilarious. He's laughing about it. He's like, who does that? And then of course, you know, the, the reports were coming in that the Fremont street, um, security cameras were actually following the guy as he's oh, carrying wow. the bus down Fremont and so. <laughs> having, you know, drinks with it and taking all kinds of pictures with it and all kinds of crazy Jeez. stuff. And that, yeah. And then it, actually they ended up finding it. I think his room was at the four Queens and they worked with like the four, <laughs> the four Queens security to go in and get it. But yeah, just you know, Derek's Derek's approach to it. I'm sure behind the scenes when they realized it was gone, he wasn't really happy, but like after the fact when he's putting it back, he was just like, who does that? What, right. what are you thinking? Yeah, that was kind of funny, but <laughs> I'm sure those suckers are going to be locked down now to, to where that ain't going to happen. Yeah, people can't touch them anymore. Right. Thanks, right. buddy. You ruined it for all of us. I know. I know. And it's interesting. I wonder if, and, and I'm sure the answer is no, but I'm going to give this, this drunk idiot a little bit more credit than he no doubt deserves. I wonder if it was, if he intentionally took Kirk Kokorian out of everyone. Like, dude, this is my hero, man. I don't like, think so because when you, no. when you look at where he was positioned, he yeah. was the lowest one closest to the exit. <laughs> so he's just oh. the easiest. He one was the grab. easiest one to grab because some of them that are up higher, I mean, you'd have to lift those. Suck- I don't know how heavy they are, but I'm assuming right. bus normally aren't, you know, super light. Um, but you know, you'd have to sort of reach up and get it down. Or if it was further down, you know, you'd have to hope somebody that was inside the lounge didn't see as you were walking, whatever. But no, this one was the, the lowest one closest to the door. So I think it was just the easiest one to grab. I will, uh, uh, convenience wins out on most. <laughs> I will. Usually when you're, when you're an, uh, inebriated to that level. Yeah. Yes. I yes. mean, God love the guy in that drunken state, uh, to be able to, to just to carry it and not drop it and do any damage to it. Right. Right. Brewdog announced plans to bring a roof. Oh, geez. Yeah. Next to (laughs) under the most terrible idea ever. Brewdog announced plans to bring a rooftop brew pub and pool to Vegas, specifically atop the showcase mall near the MGM (laughs) Grand. Additional attractions will include an urban forest and a beer museum. I, I put this 100% under the it's never going to happen. I thought the renderings look kind of kind of sharp. I, I, don't, I don't know whether it's going to happen or not. But Although maybe they should check out the video from last weekend, uh, specifically of Circa Pool, when we had the 70 mile an hour winds right. that caused like the little mini tornado at, at Circa <laughs> Pool. And literally right. it was blowing the water out of the pool. The pool lounge chairs were, you know, circling up in the air and took out a couple yeah. people. Maybe a rooftop pool might not be the best <laughs> idea. <laughs> Just saying. Eater Vegas reports that Sushi Samba at Palazzo's Grand Canal Shops has filed plans to remodel the space to the tune of $2 million. Currently open daily for lunch and dinner. No word when the project will begin or its estimated time to be completed. Oh, I got a fun little story about this, kids. Okay. Sushi Samba. My uh, my wife and I went there for lunch one day during uh, when we were out on our honeymoon. And I've told this story before, so I'll just very, very, very brief recap. But we 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 honeymooned uh, at the Venetian. We got a we got a really beautiful, beautiful suite. Um, and so we decided that we wanted to, because our suite was, was at the Venetian, we wanted to, you know, just stay and play there, try to get on Venetian's, um, uh, radar, uh, radar, exactly right. 
so everything that we did was was Venetian Palazzo related. So we're we're walking around one day and we're like, all right, well, we need a little nosh. Let's go get let's go get ourselves some lunch. So we're you know we're meandering. There was really nothing. We'd kind of eaten our way through the Venetian Grand Canal shop, so we were we we're a little over that. We thought, well, let's go check out and see what's going on at Palazzo, right? And we see sushi uh, sushi samba, and we think, perfect. We love sushi. Let's get ourselves some sushi, right? We ordered I don't know two or three rolls, and. <laughs> Sushi Samba Sushi, at least in 2011, is not the si- a type of sushi that I guess I- I'm accustomed to getting in mid-Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because these rolls that came out were the tiniest pieces of sushi roll ever, yet it was still a, you know, conservatively... Price of 15, a full-size $20, roll. Yeah, yeah, per roll, right? So we get our bill... And we'd had a couple of cocktails and we, you know, we order up these three, three ish sushi rolls and, and our tab's like a hundred dollars. And I look <laughs> at my wife and I go, listen, I'm not too proud to admit I am still hungry. Oh, wow. So she goes, yeah, this was, there was like nothing to this. I said, do you want to order more rolls? And she said, not for these prices for as small as these, these sushi <laughs> bites are. So we literally walk outside of Sushi Samba and there's the I Heart Burger joint. Right just across the way and I go you in the mood for a burger and she goes yup so we literally walked out of Sushi Samba and right into I Heart Burger and had second lunch wow that's disappointing I know f- people that say Sushi Samba is like one of their all time faves I haven't I still haven't been there yet but I've heard nothing but rave reviews about it so hearing that, that the portion sizes were that small and granted it's been a little while Right, it has it has but exactly. yeah that's funny All right, well, that's going to do it for news and prop bets. Let's move on to coming attractions. Attractions, brought to you by Vegas.com, is the portion of the show where we share with you acts and artists outside of the usual residencies that will be performing in Vegas in the future. And holy cow, does that feel good to I say? I was going to yeah. say, we haven't done coming attractions in close to a year. Yeah, it's been a long time. Oh my gosh. Yay. Right. So we'll we'll see. We'll see how many of these actually happen, but he, we've got five so far. All right. First one, uh, The weekend is performing at T-Mobile Arena. Saturday, April 23rd. Seems a little early, but April 23rd. <laughs> Show starts at 7 p.m. Tickets start at $30. Yeah, that does, because he's still only going to be at 35% capacity. Yeah, no, they can go to 50. 50. No, they could be 50. Yeah, okay. It could be even more by then, because they turn it it's over true. to him by March 15th. They could say. No, 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 no. They, they go to 50% capacity March 15th. They don't turn it over to the counties to manage until May 1st. Oh, that's right. Oh, so that's this right. is May before 1st. that. Right. Okay. Okay. But 50%, you can still get a lot of people in at 50%. All Elite Wrestling is performing at the MGM Grand Saturday, May 29th. Show starts at 4 p.m. Tickets start at $37. Harry Styles is performing at the MGM Grand Saturday, September 4th. Show start at 8 p.m. Tickets start at $40. Uh, tickets, you know, Tony will m- make sure to uh, be getting the first day they open. Megadeth <laughs> and Lamb of God are performing at Mandalay Bay Friday, September 10th. Show starts at 6 p.m. Tickets start at $30. Enrique Iglesias and Ricky Martin are performing at the MGM Grand Saturday, September 25th. Show starts at 7.30 p.m. Tickets start at $60. Don't forget, you can find links to purchase tickets to these and all the artists that we report on in our coming attractions calendar, which is on the blog. Let's check the river. This week in the river, we've got a 360 FHE. This is the, our opportunity to go out and explore the ever-changing landscape of Las Vegas and share the experience with you. This week, Tony went out and explored barbershop, bar- barbershop, <laughs> barbershop cuts and quartet and quartets. What am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> barbershop, barbershop quartets. And did Tony cocktails. did Tony join a group? Join a group when he was in there? Quartet, is he, yes. you know, did he join a barbershop quartet? <laughs> Anyway, Tony, tell us about your first-hand experience. 
first thing I got to concede is this was inspired because of the great Patreon content that you had pushed out barely a week before uh, I came out to Vegas. It was you. It was Karen. It was Alistair. And you guys were sitting around the the bar side of this this barbershop cocktails and uh, cuts and cocktails. Right. Um, and it had been, you know, it was, it was on my radar. Like I knew it was there. It was something I was kind of interested in. Uh, listening to your review of it was just enough for me to say, okay, it's time for me to pull the trigger and, and give this place a try. Uh, it is over at Cosmo. It is, uh, it's technically, so on the website, it's, it's $50 for a 30 minute shave. It's technically 51. Um, you, when you reserve your, and this is important, when you reserve your, your day and time, you have to give a credit card. They charge you $1 on the credit card to make sure that the credit card is good. <laughs> and then when you go in, uh, you, you can, you can pay however you want. You can pay in cash. If you want, you can give them the credit card that was on file or a different one. It doesn't matter. But the point is, is they now have your credit card, which means if you no show and you have to cancel within 24 hours, because if you no-show or try to cancel within 24 hours, your credit card is going to be charged for this shave. The whole shave. Okay. Correct. Now, one of the cool things they'll do for you is you do get a, quote-unquote, free. Uh, you get a free one-and-a-half-ounce pour of either Maker's Mark bourbon, uh, Jack Daniels Tennessee whiskey, uh, Casamigos tequila, or one other uh, uh, uh adult beverage that I, I couldn't quite make out. I, from, from my vantage point where I was sitting in my chair, I couldn't quite see what the fourth one was, but the, the long story short is when you're done with your, um, with your, with your shave or, or your haircut or whatever you're going to get, you will get a, again, I say quote unquote, a free drink out of it. Um, it was a fairly typical shave, very much like what I had spoken about. Um, perhaps ad nauseum, depending on, you know, who you are, <clears throat> you know, who you are Twitter, <laughs> uh, about, you know, what to expect. One of the interesting things that they did that I've never had happen before is the bartender. Uh, yeah. The bartender. Whoo, I'm glad he's not doing this. Right. The barber, uh, puts a cold towel on my face, which is, I've always been told the purpose of that is to, is to close the pores because when your pores are open, that's when they're most susceptible to, um, you know, infections and ingrown hairs and just, you know, gunk and grime and whatnot getting there to, to cause, you know, breakouts and whatnot. So he said to me, I'm going to put a cold towel on your face, which I had anticipated. He said, but then what I'm going to do is when it closes up your pores, it's going to force any remaining whiskers to push forward. And I can, I will then use an electric razor on your face to get any of the remaining whiskers that may have, let's say protruded through the skin. Once it, it tightened up, that was, that was kind of interesting to me hmm. in all of my times of getting a, a straight razor, a uh, straight razor shave. I've never had an electric razor used before. So don't really know quite how I feel about that. <laughs> um, one other thing that was interesting, I'd never had a, a, a barber shave me in this manner, which was, that's a, that's a goofy way to take my pants off. Were you hanging upside down from the ceiling? Is that what you Yeah, Let me try that again. The way uh, this barber shaved my face, he did it in very fast, but very short strokes of the blade. The way I'm most accustomed to a, a barber shaving, you know, my face is to take long but slow, uh, 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 you know, strips up the face, removing the, the whisker in the in the in the uh, the cream. The cream. Thank you. In this instance, he, he did it very quickly, but he was doing it in very short uh, little stretches, which surprisingly, I had literally zero uh, razor burn. I had Ooh. no bumps. I had no burning. That's good. I, I don't know. In this instance, I might be a fan of this approach. It, trust me, though, when you've got your neck exposed and he's got a literal straight razor oh, being whipped against your 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 neck. Uh, as fast as he was, it is a little unnerving, but I, I can't argue with the outcome. It was it was awesome. If I had perhaps one complaint about this particular uh, uh, barbershop, it's that it was very loud, um, both as it related to the you know '80s pop music, pop rock that was being played, um, but then subsequently the the barbers. There are four chairs. They're all approximately. 
four be at least, or five, maybe six feet apart, right? Gotta be at least six feet. Social distancing. In theory, you do. I don't know <laughs> that these were six feet, but it is what it is. They, my bartender, God damn it, my my barber <laughs> was yelling, not not screaming, of course, but but raising his voice to talk to the barber that was in the fourth chair. So I'm in chair number one. Mm-hmm. There are two guys uh, between my bar- uh, barber and, and the other barber in the fourth chair. Right. And he's talking to him about, you know, like the upcoming schedule calendar and who got mornings and, you know, who gets the best times oh, of the day for. So although he wasn't and- talking to you, he was still talking and kind of not allowing you the opportunity to relax. Exactly, Karen. And that's exactly what it is. After my experience at Elcor, where my where my barber said my philosophy is shut up and shave. Mm-hmm. I love that he didn't talk to me. So in that regard, it was nice. I didn't have to try to engage with him. I didn't have to try to listen or, or really just, you know, be involved with a conversation with him, which I appreciated. But it was between and I don't even know so much. how I, I, the, I'm not even complaining about the music per se or, or, or the, the level of of the music being played at. But when you're trying then to talk to somebody four barber chairs away over the and you've music. got this yeah. kind of loud eighties pop rock music playing, you do naturally have to speak louder for your words to be communicated to somebody four chairs away over the music. So my point is while I would never, ever, ever tell the listeners not to go here for me personally, I'm just not going to go back. I'm going to keep searching. I'm going to find a place on the strip to be my replacement for the now closed down uh, art of shaving shops. But I got a really, really nice compliment. If I may give a quick shout out to to a listener. Sure. Hang on. Sorry. I'm, I'm trying to find him. Um, I really wanted <laughs> I thought you were asking uh, for permission. I'm like, when have well, we ever told you I'm, no? I'm somewhat vamping, trying to find his, uh, trying to find his tweet. I can't find it, doggone it. So I'll let it go. But one of our listeners very graciously thanked me for uh, the review of the Elko. And he said he actually went and, and did it because of my review and said he absolutely loved it. It was uh, our buddy. Oh, yeah. Matt Lawson. If you don't follow me, should you're he's at Matt Lawson. One, two, three. Uh, he said, hey, Tony, I wanted to follow up uh, with you about my experience at the Speakeasy Barbershop at El Cortez. Amazing. $88 for a haircut and a shave by Alejandro plus a $40 tip. That's incredibly generous. Thank you for, for being that uh, that generous, Matt. Uh, $40 tip and it was so worth it. Service was great and he loved that he heard, that I heard about them from a podcast. So <laughs> That's awesome. That is, that is very cool. So like I said, um, give it a whirl. Uh, you know, when you're staying at Bally's, when you're staying at Paris or Planet Hollywood, if you're not staying at Cosmo proper, it's super easy and convenient to get to. Um, I'm glad I did it. I'm I'm glad I had the opportunity to try it. It's just not for me. I I, I will I will continue listeners being that guy out on the uh, eternal quest to find the perfect straight razor <laughs> shave on the strip. There you go. All right. Uh, also. We got a, uh, an email from another friend of ours. Karen, why don't you share with us, maybe lead us into what the email even is in ref- in reference to and then uh, and then read it for us. Okay. Yeah. So this is in regards to um, our conversation a couple weeks ago about the new Stadia that's opening at Caesars that is going to have the high end, hard to find um, whiskey, bourbon. Tony will correct me if I'm not saying the right spirit or whatever. Uh, but he uh, had some, some thoughts to share with us. So our friend Jim Stark wrote, Good day to you, sir. I hope this email finds you well. I enjoyed your show today. It helped me with my drive time. Just a little info for you on the hooch you mentioned today. Kentucky Owl Rye is readily available out here at least. Pappy a bit harder to get. I would imagine in Vegas they are both going to go for more than $100 per shot. As that Pappy bottle sells on the secondary market for well over 1500 K.O. Rye is under 200 You can get both and all offerings of Pappy at the Davidoff, Davidoff Cigar Bar. Or I could just bring some to you in Vegas. My price would be much less. I hope <laughs> you try to get them all. Pappy has a 10, 12, 15, and 20, and 23-year-old bourbon. They did put out a 25 limited edition. That went for a cool 25000 if you could find it. With the 13 rye, all made by Buffalo Trace, same people who make Elmer T, E.H., Taylor Stagg, and so on. KO puts out both, and if you can get your hands on the bourbon, get it, with an exclamation point. It's a blend, but they recently started distilling their own. 
So that's it. I just wanted to share a bit with you. And if you already knew all of this, then just disregard the above. Thank you, Jim Stark. So thanks, Jim, uh, for the uh, for this email. I appreciate it. So because of Jim's uh, email, it made me think to myself, well, I just wonder, generally speaking, what can I get in Michigan and what does it retail for? And the reason why, listeners, this is relevant to you, I promise, don't 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 skip this part of the podcast. You know, when we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, one of the things that I think I mentioned on the podcast as well as I had was texting with Scott is I know for a fact that uh, at SW Steakhouse at Wynn, you can get a one and a half ounce pour of Johnny Walker Blue for $50. Now, it helps, though, to put it all in perspective, a, a traditional $750 mil, uh, 750 milliliter or, or a fifth, uh, at least in Michigan, retails for about $225 for Johnny Walker Blue. So $225 for an entire fifth. They're selling an ounce and a half at, uh, you know, 50 bucks a pour. That kind of puts it in perspective what their markup is going to be. Now, Jim makes really good points. Some of these things are harder to find. And so even though, yes, for example, in Michigan, the pappies, which you'll never be able to find, you will not find them. <laughs> but in theory, if you could, and if they were sitting on a, they were sitting on a shelf, the pappy 15 would retail for 120, the pappy 20 would retail for 200, and the pappy 23 would retail for 300 dollars. I have no doubt Jim is spot on. Those shots will go for more than $100 for a 1.5 ounce pour, just because of how difficult they are to get. And so, what you're really paying for at that. At, at that price scarcity. is you're paying for the experience. The supply exactly. and the demand, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, this um, Kentucky uh, Kentucky Owl Rye in Michigan retails for 200 bucks. Since this one's not so hard to find, I could see there being perhaps a bit more appropriate pricing for the the one half uh, 1.5 ounce port stadia and then finally the kentucky uh, owl confiscated goes for 125 the wise man 300 and the dry slate is a thousand dollar bottle what? in michigan Good so uh, depending on what they've got available at this stadia you you definitely need to be prepared to truly just pay for the experience that's what you're they've got to have doing. some some standard like shelf level stuff too, right? Oh, I would think. Sure. Okay. I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. But, but you know, that's the, that's the best part about Vegas. You go to Vegas to be able to get some of the things that you can't get back home. And if I have to spend a little bit more to enjoy an ounce and a half of Pappy or, or <laughs> this Kentucky owl confiscated or wise man with you guys and 360 Vegas folk, it's it, again, you're, you're paying for the ex, that experience. And I'm, I'm totally cool with that. I mean, That's, I can't even tell can't you how many times dope. we've been out in Vegas and decided to splurge on something. Cause you're like, yeah, we're in Vegas, right, you know? Right. So I mean, it's kind of falls in line with that. Exactly. Okay. And we've got one more listener feedback. Uh, this is from our, friend Paul Redwood. Paul writes, Hi guys, long time listening to your podcast, constantly making me laugh out loud and keeps me informed about the city I love. First traveled there from the UK a few years back when I married my late wife. Been there a further 19 times since. Love the polarities that I have encountered there from a guy nonchalantly blowing 10 grand in the MGM gram to a guy asking for money in exchange for kicking him in the nuts on the bridge to New York, New York, <laughs> to a $400 meal for two at Bazaar Meats at SLS to a $2 burger at McDonald's the day after. It's a crazy place. Your passion for Vegas shows through and I love learning about the history and what is happening as I hope to go back very soon. One day I would love to meet you guys at a Vegas vacation, but until then I will continue listening and enjoying. Well, thank you. We hope we get to meet you too. Uh, and he also adds in here, uh, top, uh, top and least impressed restaurants. So let's go with his top favorite restaurants first. He has Del Frisco's Double Eagle, the Steakhouse at Circus Circus, Gordon Ramsay Steak at Paris, and Maestro's Ocean Club at Aria. Have you tried any of those? Just the um, Del Frisco's. Del Frisco's. Yeah, I had. Did I go to Del Frisco's? Yeah, you, we went with Brian That's what and Tanya. I, yeah, okay, yeah. I remember that place then. Which yeah. is delicious. It's got that super cool wine, um, like the James Bond wine chest right, that right. opens up and plays all the theme songs, and the, the bottles are like laser etched and stuff. Right. It's really kind of cool. But yeah, no, oh, Del Frisco's cool. is delicious. Um, where Where is it? Is is it a standalone place or is it in a resort? No, it's off Strip. It's off, off of Paradise back in like the Hughes Plaza. Um, it's a standalone restaurant. I mean, it's close, but it's just east of the Strip. Okay. All right. Very cool. I, at, yet, chalk it up to one more place that needs to go on the 
must try <laughs> list. Have you tried any of these other ones, Tony? Uh, yes. Uh, Gordon, the only one that I've been to of these four is uh, Gordon Ramsay's Steak at Paris. Hmm. Uh, and this was the the place I, I think I've mentioned it before, uh, where I ordered the. Um, oh, Kieran, help me out! What's the steak wrapped you, in the? You got the um, the beef Wellington. Yeah, and your yes, wife yes, got yes. the steak. Yeah. Yes, and about a third or halfway through, we both happened to express to each other that we weren't crazy about our meal. So we flip flopped them, and we absolutely loved <laughs> what <laughs> the, the other, other one. person had gotten. <laughs> Yeah, so, I haven't uh, been. Um, I, I keep hearing good things about the steakhouse at Circus Circus, but I've also heard bad things recently about the steakhouse at yeah. Circus Circus. So I'm a little nervous about that one. And um, Maestro's, I've I've seen it. It's beautiful. I just haven't yeah. haven't had an opportunity to go any there. All right, what about the ones he has listed as least impressed? Least by? impressed. He says Gordon Ramsay's Burger, Giada at Cromwell, STK at Cosmopolitan. And Heritage at Mirage. That is a hell of a list, man. <laughs> I, I'm looking at this going, dude, I like three out of the four. I was going to say mean, that three on. out of the four I recommend is some of the best in Vegas. <laughs> Although I will say, and I, I told you this the other day, when we went to Giada's uh, a couple weeks ago, I, I was underwhelmed at that visit. You weren't. You, no, you loved yours. It, yeah. yeah. And, and I was just sort of like, yeah, I don't sort of know if it was what I ordered that time. I'm super disappointed that they don't have the bread plate right now because her bread plate was one of the best. Yeah, it was. Um, but yeah, STK and Heritage, man, I, I, I don't know. We, maybe we don't want to meet up with this guy because we, <laughs> we don't seem to agree on much over here. <laughs> just, just kidding. But uh, I want to wrap it up real quick. He does tag on the line at the end here. He says, anyway, enough for me. Keep up the exceptional work. Regards, Paul Redwood. Thank you, Paul, so much for Thanks, the feedback and, and the, the kind words. We really appreciate it. And regardless of my joke, yes, would we still love to, to meet up if you're out here, um, despite our disagreement on uh, <laughs> least and best restaurants. Yeah, when I saw STK and uh, Heritage on his list, I thought, oh, damn, dude, <laughs> why are you poking the bear? <laughs> so, but that's the beauty uh, of Vegas. There's a little something for everybody. There yep. absolutely is. There absolutely is. Okay, well, listen, I think we should probably wrap it up then. That's going to do it for episode number 356. Thank you all for listening and downloading. We really do appreciate it. If you'd like to check out any of the stories on today's show, you can do so on the blog, which is 360vegaspodcast.com. And I highly, highly recommend you check out Dr. Dave's Spotify uh, music list. <laughs> Get premium and exclusive content when you subscribe to our shows at patreon.com slash 360vegas. And you can get 360vegas shirts, mugs, and anything else that we can slap a logo on. We do that at zazzle.com slash 360vegas. If you'd like to send some uh, feedback, written or audio, much like our friends Jim and Paul did, you are highly encouraged to do so. And you can do it at 360vegaspodcast at gmail.com. Tony, where can folks find you? I am at 360vegas Tony. Karen. I am at 360vegas Karen. He just told you where you can find me. So until next time. (laughs) 